The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, usually joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. But I'm rolling solo on this Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. If you haven't yet, but I'm sure that you have, head on over to our brand new website, puntandpass.com. It is fantastic. It's everything you need in one place. It's got a blog up there. Go read it. It's got our merch shop, which we call the Locker Storm. Go cop some sweet punt and pass gear. And it's got everywhere that we have our podcast distributed, as well as some YouTube videos of Aaron and I chatting it up. We will have more YouTube videos posted as the season rolls around. We appreciate your continued support, and thanks so much for tuning in. It's August 25th. College football is one month away, and I know everybody is extremely excited about that. We finally are talking about college football being played. And yes, COVID is still out there. And yes, you are hearing new protocols about how tickets will be dispersed, how fans can be in attendance, what the capacities are, what the limitations are. But overall, it seems like the protocols and the procedures that each school and conference has put in place are working thus far. Has it been perfect? No, but I think that was to be expected. Have they overcome the obstacles thus far? Yes, they have, and that is extremely promising. Look at UNC, for example, North Carolina, the Tar Heels. Yeah, they had to shut down practice for a few days, but they did what they were told to do and what they said would work, and they're back on the practice field getting ready for week one. That is the most important thing. Hopefully, everybody is continuing to stay safe, and they will get to college football. Speaking of that, though, obviously, if you open up your computer today or watch the news, you saw the University of Alabama had 560 confirmed cases of COVID among their student body. Roll Tide, I guess. They might take pride in that. Hopefully, none of those students are sick or deathly ill or having any severe complications. But you would not be surprised to continue to see these storylines over the next week and a half or two weeks. That is the next obstacle that each individual conference or university is going to have to overcome in order to make it to week one. Yes, as the student bodies in entirety get back on campus, you have to be able to mitigate the spread of the virus and make sure, obviously for football's sake, that it doesn't infiltrate the football team or the football facility. So far, 
it hasn't. Hopefully those students at Alabama are not in bad condition. But again, these storylines are going to continue to pop up. Will students be sent home? Some universities have done it. Others have not. Then it brings into question, would you still have football if you went to virtual remote learning? A great interview yesterday, and I don't give Paul Feinbaum too much credit. I will, of course. He is a legend. But a great interview yesterday on Paul Feinbaum from UGA Sports Media Professor Vicki Michaelis. And she was asked about the optics of playing college football if there are no in-person classes. This is a professor, okay? Academia, speaking on behalf of what would college football look like, what message would it send if there were no in-person classes. And quite frankly, I was amazed and shocked to see that she had a very common sense answer. This is what Vicki Michaelis said. Quote, if the football players have the same access to online learning that the students do, I'm in favor of putting them in a bubble and doing that. I think that makes total sense. I mean, look, they're student athletes, right? Any student athlete, whether you're a football player or a volleyball player or a water polo player, basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever, you have far more responsibility than a regular student. That's just how it is. That's what you sign up for in exchange for a scholarship, in exchange for some kind of grant, X, Y, or Z. You have a lot more responsibility outside of just being a student. Vicki Michaelis says it perfect. If the football players have the same access to online learning that the students do, put them in a bubble and have football season. I like that idea. It hasn't reached that point yet, but it's good to see the support inside academia of that happening. And guess what? As we've been telling you since March, April, and May right here on Punt and Pass, you're going to have football. The conferences that have already doubled down and said we are moving forward, ACC, SEC, Big 12, American Athletic Conference, they have doubled down and said we are going to move forward and try our best to play football this fall. How will it look? Different. What will it be like? We don't know, but we're going to try to play football in 2020. A lot of money on the line. That's a fact. But the reality of the situation is to continue to keep things as normal or as close to normal as you possibly can. Thank you, Vicki Michaelis, UGA Sports Media Professor, for saying that. If everybody has the same access to the learning, then go play football as long as it's safe. I thought that was a great sign that we're going to have football even if some student bodies are forced to go home and do online learning for the fall of 2020. There's no doubt about that. But let's move towards football. Let's talk about football. Last week, I might have jumped the gun a little bit, but the AP put out their preseason top 25 poll, and Brett McMurphy from Stadium, you guys know I know Brett. I've done work with him on the Stadium Network. He put out a tweet. That said, here is my AP top 25 preseason poll. And keep in mind that they were told to consider the teams whether or not they play. So I jumped the gun and I said, that's extremely stupid. Why would the AP, I'm not blaming the voters, I'm blaming the AP. Why would they tell the voters to create your preseason top 25 poll based on teams that are either playing this fall or not playing. that That's stupid, right? I don't think that any realistic person would be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Go ahead and rank the teams that aren't playing this fall with the teams that are playing. That makes zero sense, preseason or not. 
So I went on Twitter and I went on the podcast last Thursday and said, that's just dumb. I'm sorry, but that's just a, a dumb thing to do. It's a disservice to college football fans. It's a waste of time for any staff writer or AP writer that follows and covers college football. So I kind of doubled down and said, you can't change my mind. That's dumb. I don't want to see Ohio State at number two in the AP preseason top 25 poll if they're not playing in 2020. Good friend of the program, Athens Banner Hill writer, UGA beat writer, Mark Weiser, cleared things up for us. And thank you, Mark, for saying this. He tweeted at me, of course, this was after the podcast was already posted, and he said the preseason poll ballot was due before the Big Ten and Pac-12 made the decisions to not play this fall. Well, that's such a big piece of information. Why would Brett McMurphy leave that out and just say, hey, we were told to vote for teams whether they play or not. Don't you think Brett should have said, here is my AP top 25 poll. Our polls and ballots were due before conferences made the decision not to play this fall. That would be like, oh, okay, well, I obviously understand why you put Ohio State at number two then. Why would you leave that piece of information out? Was that just a a lapse of judgment? I I guess, but thank you, Mark Weiser, for telling me and then allowing me to retweet you to our following at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram and let it be known that the ballots were due before the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled their season. That is valuable information. So I appreciate that clarity. McMurphy had Ohio State at 2 in his specific poll, Oregon at 6, Penn State at 7, Wisconsin at 10, Southern Cal at 13, Michigan at 18, Washington at 21, and Utah at 22. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Eight teams in his top 25 poll that I don't think should have been ranked in his top 25 poll, but now I know that he did that because his ballot was due before the Big Ten and Pac-12 made their decision. So thank you, Mark Weiser, for clarifying that. All-American teams have been, preseason All-American teams, excuse me, have been announced as well. Richard LeCount made the first team AP All-American preseason team. Congrats to him. 23 players who won't be playing this fall made those teams as well. Congratulations to them too. It's not their fault that they're not playing this fall, but now it's clear that these teams and these ballots and the sports information directors had to get their votes in before the decisions were made not to play by the Big Ten and Pac-12. We're going to miss them, are we? Are we going to miss them? I I think so, but it's going to open up a ton of opportunity for a lot of teams this fall, I think the, the conference, and it's easy to say this, the conference with the most opportunity at hand is the American Athletic Conference. There is no doubt. I mean, with no Big Ten football this fall, there's no doubt that the UCFs of the world, the Cincinnati's of the world, the Navies of the world can, can really try to, to make a case to be in that top four, top six discussion towards the end of the season. There's no doubt about it. A lot of returning players. You know, they do play good football in the American Athletic Conference. My man, Aaron Murray, speaks on it a lot. He says there's a lot of opportunity. Houston, another team that could maybe make some noise. Remember what they did a year ago by redshirting half their team halfway through the season before they lost eligibility. 
American Athletic Conference has a lot of opportunity on hand. And when you think about the college football playoffs specifically, it's good to see that they have moved forward and, and they marked the calendar and set their dates for when their rankings will come out. As you know, usually they come out after week eight of the regular season, and then that is the landmark ranking system that sets up the playoff at the end of the year. First set of rankings come out Tuesday, November 17th. Selection day is Sunday, December 20th. Keep in mind, Saturday, December 19th is the postponed dates for conference championships, ACC conference championship, SEC conference championship. So Sunday, December 20th, selection day will be. I like it. I like it a lot. Begs the question. Will two teams from the same conference make the playoff this year? Probably so, right? I mean, only three Power 5 conferences are playing, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC. If you look at the revised rankings, taking out the Big 10 and Pac-12 teams that were in the top 10, the SEC has six of the top nine teams in the AP Top 25 Bowl. So common knowledge would say probably the SEC gets two teams in. Probably. But I'm going to put a little wrench out there. It could be the ACC this year. You say, what? The ACC getting two teams in? Yeah, it could. Because Notre Dame is an ACC school in 2020. Clemson goes to Notre Dame. Am I saying Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson and South Bend? Ah, Probably not. Two great quarterbacks, Ian Book and Trevor Lawrence, duking it out. It's a bummer that Clemson fans will not be able to go up to South Bend and really take in the atmosphere of one of the great historical programs in college football history. Remember, Georgia did it in 2017. I think to a man, you ask any Georgia fan what their favorite football experience is, if they went to that game in South Bend, two of their top three experiences were either at South Bend, at the Rose Bowl when Georgia beat Oklahoma, and then you can pick and choose another game, probably inside Sanford Stadium. Let me know if you think I'm wrong there. Tweet at me, at Drew Butler. But... Whoever I talk to immediately says South Bend was absolutely unbelievable and a great game, and the Rose Bowl, for obvious reasons, one of the all-time greatest college football games of all time. If Notre Dame plays Clemson tough, though, and then they meet again in the ACC championship game, you could be looking at two ACC teams making their way into the 2020 college football playoff. Clemson and Notre Dame. I don't see another ACC team stepping into that conversation outside of Clemson and Notre Dame. But before you just say, yes, two SEC teams are making the college football playoff in 2020, remind yourself Notre Dame is an ACC participant. Notre Dame is playing Clemson. If somehow they beat Clemson and South Bend, which is not out of the question, or if they're able to play them close and then upset them in the ACC championship game, there are your two ACC teams getting into the college football playoff. We already know the kind of bias that Notre Dame gets, whether it's warranted or not. The Golden Domers get to have their cake and eat it too. It's what they do. In the SEC, Florida's getting a ton of love. You know, I'm a little bit hesitant on Florida at this point. Once again, just because Dan Mullen has not proven that he can beat Kirby Smart ever, 
or when it really matters. So you got to go Georgia in the East. Alabama looks pretty damn strong in the West. A lot of people are high on Texas A&M. LSU, of course, right there. Auburn, what will they look like with Bo Nix heading into his sophomore year? But if Georgia's offense clicks early, and if Jamie Newman or JT Daniels really gets this Todd Munkin offense ready to rock and roll, I was listening to Cole Cuba like this morning on ESPNU Radio. He said Georgia would be certainly in the national title contender conversation. So I will not put Florida above Georgia yet. I would, and I said it last week, I would seriously consider to look at Tennessee as maybe upending Florida to compete for that second spot in the SEC East. Call me crazy, but that's where I'm at right now. That is where I'm at right now. So could Georgia and Alabama make it to the college football playoff? Could LSU and Georgia make it to the college football playoff? Could A&M and Florida make it to the college football playoff? They play each other in the regular season, too. Or will it be Clemson and Notre Dame? I think we're going to get two teams from the same conference in this year's college football playoff. I also love the college football playoff just setting their dates for the fall. They, They have played this the best out of anybody by letting the chips fall where they may, being as patient as they can, not being irrational with any decisions they make. And then essentially saying, with this, they're not going to do anything for the spring. One, because spring is not going to happen, as I've been telling you. And two, because what are they going to do? Create a college football playoff with two conferences? No. So props to the college football playoff. little tidbit here about the AP Top 25 rankings, specifically to Georgia. Jason Sturett on Twitter, at Sturett Jason, says Georgia is number four in the preseason AP poll. It's third straight appearance in the preseason top five. Third straight. Before Kirby Smart took over as head coach, Georgia had three preseason top five appearances ever. 2004, 2008, and 2013. That should tell you one thing. Kirby Smart recruits like an absolute animal. They've been developing the talent. Now it's just time to put it all together. And I cannot tell you enough. How many times do I have to tell you? As a Georgia fan, take ownership of knowing what your roster looks like. It is chock full of talent. It's up to the coaches this year. I've been saying it since we lost spring football. It's up to the coaches. Can Todd Munkin, can Kirby Smart, can Dan Landing, can Scott Cochran... Put these players in the best situation to play fast, play physical, and play free. Because if they do, they're going to have a lot of fun, even with that brutal schedule in weeks two, three, and four. Aaron said it last Thursday. If you've got an experienced quarterback and a good defense, you're going to be okay in this truncated 10-game conference-only schedule. Georgia is well-positioned in that regard. And I like a front-loaded schedule. I think if you look at the NFL... When you get front-loaded in your division, it's the best because you get tested early, and then later on in the season, you can really find your groove and stack wins. That's going to be key for Georgia this year. No question about it. Cannot wait for football to be here. SEC has seven teams in the top 25 going to be a lot of fun how will that ranking look after week one it'll be fascinating but you better get rid of the big 10 and pac 12 teams obviously they will
Appreciate y'all tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Shorter show today. Just wanted to touch on some of those storylines that have been popping up. We'll get Aaron back on the podcast later on this week. Follow us on social at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. Go check out puntandpass.com. Buy some merch. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Read the blog. Do it all. It's the best spot for any college football fan. Thank you so much for continuing to support us, and we will talk to you later on this week. See you.